once again, this is a business, you know, um, the creativity, the, the joy, the passion, whatever other ethereal and spiritual uh, satisfaction we may get out of creating what we create, once we try and get it out to the public, it becomes a business. There are business practices, there are habits, there are uh, strategies and things that we can apply to make that happen as opposed to just standing out on, on the front lawn with a table and some Kool-Aid and hope people stop by. But the, the reality is there's also so many different theories about how to approach certain things. Like you were just talking about your strategies and creating the persona of Chris Ryan writes for your various social media platforms. They have to be uh, honest, but it is a persona. You should know right, that. You know? Right, right. And, and like, for instance, there's, um, there are a number of people who, quote, unquote, teach techniques and strategies for whatever particular platform is. Um, I'm thinking in particular right now, let's say Alex Toby, which is a, a woman. Um, so it's, uh, I, I don't think she spells her name differently. I think it's A-L-E-X. Mm -hmm. But Alex Toby, T or Tubi, T-O-O-B-Y. She talks about a number of different methodologies for uh, working on Instagram, specifically how to raise your uh, visual awareness and and eventually get people interested in your product and also establish a persona or personality but also establish a visual look that is very very specific so that when people it's like logo it's like a logo when people see that thing that look they oh yeah i'm on so-and-so's instagram page mm -hmm. you know and so sometimes it's a pattern of how you 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 lay out your your images uh, because the grid is like three across, so sometimes, you know, the center square is always going to be, let's just say, it's always going to be white with whatever is, uh, you know, if it's, if it's a quotation or whatever. Some people will do that. They will set up a grid pattern where it's by color or it's certain types of images will always be on the right and others will be on the left and something will always be in the middle. Or they, some people do specific quotes, like with Blackjack, um, I try and do things that are specifically geared towards either the book, you know, sometimes there are quotes out of the books, the various books we've done, or there'll be images, artwork, or there'll be uh, individuals who are involved in it. And I'll try to visually lay it out so that I don't have three images next to each other that are very busy and hard on you to look at that way. But, you know, those are things I'm feeling out, which is very different from the way I handle, let's say, Kids Comic Con. I think we talked about this once before. Whereas some of the people, you know, if you're dealing with a quote unquote, an adult audience, uh, on Blackjack or on my personal Instagram page, uh, I can have a lot more things. Sometimes they're a little juicier or somebody's language might be a little bit more extreme, you know, to, to that I might have on that, as opposed to on Kids Comic Con, where no, I, I you know, this is supposedly a family oriented right. page it's a right. uh, kids and family members will be looking at this family members adults need to know that if my kid happens to be looking at this there's nothing objectionable quote unquote but but you're true to the personality of kids exactly Comic -Con, right? exactly and you exactly. populate it with people that should you could expect to be at the comic-con and if you don't, I mean, again, sometimes there are people I will never meet, but they, they, they have a similar mindset or spirit or whatever, or they're doing some of the same things in another country or another part of the United States. But if I do find... Well, that's because you're that, an international man of adventure. <laughs> yes, I'm, yes, I'm a <laughs> man on the move, yes. That's right. But if I do find that, just like you said, that people that I've decided to follow, to allow on to, let's say, KCC, 
uh, onto that Instagram account. I find that as we move forward, the material is becoming too extreme or objectionable or whatever. I do have to unfollow them. Right. So, so right. you do have to filter the material to not only maintain, you know, the sort of community that you're trying to develop for that particular page, because uh, it's not just fan base. You know, sometimes like I feel Facebook a lot of times that's more for voyeurism than it is for anything else. I feel like people like to watch you. They like to watch <laughs> what you're doing. They like to you know, peek in and see what you're doing. They don't necessarily like to purchase from that. Now, I know, and I'll do what you just did. Anybody who's out there making, you know, making Facebook work for them as a retail sort of environment, please throw an email or throw your comments or your suggestions into uh, TTDS on air at Gmail and, or throw your comment at the bottom of, of wherever the platform is that you're listening to this from. And, and school us because, you know, we share that information. But yeah. I do feel that a lot of times what you need to do is, is establish, as they like to say, engage with your, your community, your yeah. fan base. Really connect with them, this is what you were saying, so that the, you don't just see them as dollar bills. Yeah. You see them as people who are, happen to have like minds or they happen to enjoy what you're doing. And you want them to do that. You want them to get to know you a bit more. And you also would like them to help support this involvement in this, this environment in this community by purchasing and sharing uh, whatever art that you are uh, putting out there for them. I would, I would love for the reaction to be so um, populous that we, we wind up having to do a tell the damn story uh, listener guest series where we have different <laughs> yeah. people come and talk about their experiences with social media. That'd be great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, social media, you know, creatives on social media, as opposed to, you know, folks who just like to hang out on social media, but you know, creatives, how do you use social media? How does it work for you or what challenges have you faced? Right. I'd love, I'd love to talk about three things uh, related to that. Okay. Uh, one, um, a moral dilemma that I've been mm. playing with. Okay. Um, a while ago, uh, you posted while you were at one of the cons, a video of this great reader of ours, uh, who really loved blackjack shooters mm -hmm. and he was kind and generous enough to compl compliment me specifically on one of the stories that he really loved. Yeah, now, folks, just so you know, blackjack shooters is a collection of short stories. One of them is a blackjack story called Shooters. But yes, there's a collection, it's an anthology of, of blackjack stories. Available on yes. Amazon. <laughs> Available on Amazon. Yes. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> so um, I've struggled back and forth with whether or not I can now put that on, on my social media. What I have agreed with myself to do, what I have decided to do is on the upcoming brand new website um there are several pages for you know each genre of books and where blackjack shooters is uh the cover and there's a little write-up where that's posted there's a link to uh you know reader endorsement and click and he'll be there um mm -hmm. and i think that's fair uh, a fair tribute to him and a way to thank him um but also uh you know, hey, look, other people are reading this. Well, uh, I mean, that's also called a testimonial, which is right. valid 
in, again, the business aspect of promoting your wares. Mm -hmm. You are absolutely, folks, allowed to quote, don't make it up, but to quote people or, or reviews that give you, you know, positive feedback. You right. know, you are absolutely allowed to use that. And if you want to go controversial, you can also quote negative. But, you know, in terms of talking about letting folks know that people, there are people out there who enjoy what you're doing, it's called testimonials. And you can definitely stack some of those on your social media platforms. And, and that's one of the things that I did for the website was each one has uh, one of the Amazon reviews or something like that. And then a link and, and, and you know, I have limited it to that place. But I think that I agree with you and that, uh, that you may see more of those um, you know, kind of peppered through the cycle of posts on Twitter, on um, Instagram and Facebook and stuff like this. Okay, number two out of three. Uh, one of the things that I've uh, also, um, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't categorize it as a struggle or a battle, but which I, I have definitely pulled back from and then some serious rethinking on is how much the Chris Ryan Wright's persona uh, engages in a political dialogue. Ah, that's where we were earlier. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, mm -hmm. There's a couple of things um, that I've noticed. I want to shout out two people. Um, oh, 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 oh. Okay, there sorry. you go. Jamal Eigel. Yeah who is um, a wonderful and well-known and extremely well-established uh, comic book artist. He's worked for DC, for Marvel, all that stuff. He has his own character, just fantastic career. And in his early days, worked with us, and we still have great friendship with him. Um, he's well-established on uh, social media, especially Twitter and Facebook and that kind of stuff. And he sets rules. You can't just come in and uh, troll him. He'll he'll knock you. Know, he'll block you and he'll get you out of there immediately. And that's fair. Now I learned that from you know Jamal, uh, but I agree with it. I think that's fair. But uh, an impressive thing that he's done recently is that there are there is a movement, kind of a alt right movement in comic books, that is uh, it's kind of seeking to keep. Uh, comic books, what I can tell from them, uh, keep comic books white and male and try and get a kind of attack uh, women in the, um, uh, in the uh, industry and attack uh, people of color in the industry. And Jamal has, you know, feet planted firmly on the ground, stood there and has taken them on. Um, with in, in impressive dignity and facts, you know, and uh, I try and retweet him uh, whenever I see it happening and in support of him because I think I grew up, my seminal experiences with comic books was Captain America and the Falcon. They're my, in, my initial concept of what comic books were was that everybody works together. You know, and this is just utter nonsense to me and and hate speak. And I, I cannot believe that it exists 
or that the people who are perpetrating it get work from anybody, you know? And they were they were attacking distributors and this that I I don't I I'm not the spokesman for the pushback against these people I'm learning it myself, but I I find myself shocked and I'm immensely grateful to people like Jamal he's not the only one pushing back against these people but because he's given me an education and given me an opportunity to say yeah me too I agree that nonsense has got to stop so. Um, that's one of the few things, while I kind of pulled back from a lot of political stuff, that's one of the few things. And the other one I wanted to talk about was Don Winslow. Um, well, I'll, I'll kind I, of... I'm sorry, I just, I, I just have to say, you know, Don Winslow was a character, a fictional character, in the, uh, the early days of, of serials and pulps and all that. Don Winslow of the Navy. So every <laughs> time you say that... Yeah. I keep I keep yeah. focusing on that. I've got to shift my thinking. Yeah, so well, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. He's a crime writer. Um, he did a lot of stuff on uh, Mexican cartels. As a matter of fact, one of his earlier novels was The Cartel. And mm -hmm. his uh, latest novel, The Force, really broke through. He he was always building. You saw him coming on each you know each step of the way. But it broke through to uh, uh, bestseller lists. I think he's won some awards. Um, which is fantastic, but he's done two things on Twitter now that he's kind of has a following and kind of has an established career. One was, um, he talks to, uh, writers, you know, in, on Twitter, don't give up. I paid my dues, keep going. You can do this too. Don't ever give up. And that, you know, you gotta love someone who will remember where he came from and encourage others. And reaches back, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. The second thing he did is he, he hit a breaking point about uh, our current president. And in something that I have pulled back from because I find there's no, there's no end game. There's no... Um, satisfactory ending to the conversation and it's the same people espousing the same blind allegiance to their positions on both sides it's not there's there's never a common ground there's never a moving to the center so i have stopped doing this but i am uh impressed with how he uh pounds at this because he sees the injustice of certain things going on. Um, I don't want us to take a position for or against Trump because we're, we're, that's not really what the mission of this uh, uh, show is. But for him to uphold his beliefs and, um, and go at it, and especially when there's something that he thinks is um, overtly um, uh, uh, wrong, it's, it's amazing, but... Well, I think it goes back to the point, again, the point you're trying to, to make, as, as you know, we, we get passionately involved in whatever, but the point you're trying to, to, to make here goes back to what we were saying about how much of yourself, yeah. who you are as a human being and as a person, politically, socially, you know, gender-wise or whatever, do you put out there into social media when the intention of your platform is to build up a, a community, a tribe, a fan base for your art. 
Right. How much do you reveal who you really are or how much of who you really are factors into your art and subsequently you need to stand where? Well, yeah. I, I would also say, and, and this is something that could come in as another conversation for the comment section below or for TTDS on the air at gmail.com. No, on air, not on the air. Yeah. On air. Yes. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, my position is when you have first started, that's not the time to get into such a divisive conversation as politics. Unless you are solely a political writer, solely writing about whether you come from a Republican point of view or a alt-right or a Democrat or a liberal, if that's what you want to be known for, whatever, yeah. Sure, but if you're going for I want uh, a more general audience, well, then politics is not what's going to give ha let everybody have a chance to get to know you. You know, let me give you another example. Stephen King is um, more than willing to mock uh, the current president. He's Stephen King. You know, he's got 140,000 bestsellers, right? Give or take one right? or two. <laughs> he's been on the bestselling list since Lincoln, you know? So, <laughs> so, yeah, if you're that well established, go for it. But if you're not, you know, you don't come to somebody's house and say, in you enter the door and say, "Hey, I think that vase sucks." You, you know, that's just, you know, you must remember that as you're going out there in the social media, you're entering people's lives, people's domains, people's homes for the first time. You know. Now, now let me let me do this one because of the time, but also because um, an absolute is is that an absolute, and I think. As, as we've tried to, to show, there are, also, there are always two sides or there are always other avenues to explore. I think absolutely, you know, if you want to be some sort of a, a well, you know, well put together individual, you know, somebody who is respectful and hopefully respected, there's a certain sort of manner by which you can approach the world with who you are and where you stand and not necessarily spit in their face. I think on the other hand, you do have certain choices. You can choose to be somebody who pokes folks in the eyes, or who, because of your 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 core and where you stand and what you believe, feel that you need to express that. I mean, like you were mentioning Jamal and you mentioned Don Winslow, and I'm thinking of like Tony uh, Puryear, uh, P-U-R-Y-E-A-R, and he's one of the writers, he is the writer creator on Concrete Park, which is a, a, a Latina uh, gang leader, street gang mm -hmm. leader, you know, very controversial series, uh, got a lot of press and a lot of uh, notoriety. Well, yeah, it's doing well on that level, and he's doing well as a writer, but he also makes no bones about his political stance and how he feels about the current administration. Uh, Butch Berry, who's uh, uh, an African-American uh, cartoonist, uh, also very, very clear about what he feels about the injustices that are being perpetrated at any particular time depending on who's talking in the political arena. And, you know, you can also look back at, at the graphic novel that um, was just put out recently called March, 
which makes us, you know, a lot sure. look back on, you know, the civil rights movement. Uh, that's very clear where that's coming from, where that book is coming from. And I was just last night, I was listening to an Instagram uh, live uh, with Regina uh, Sawyer, and who's a sweetheart, and she was talking about some of the projects she works on and about better representation of women. And she's African American, so yes, women, African American women, but then she made very clear it's women. So it's African American, it's white, it's, it's, it's uh, Native American, it's, it's you know, Chinese. It's, and she just ran the gamut. She says it's about inclusivity and it's about recognizing our, meaning women's place, proper place, what they've earned in the business. So I think sometimes you can go out there on a, you know, either on a platform, says, yeah, look, I'm here to speak the truth and what it's about, or you can say, hey, I'm doing this. I'm doing stuff for Marvel or DC or Image or whomever, you know, at Disney even. And oh, by the way, I'm not okay with it. And so take, you know, run that risk. He said, you know, Stephen King's had his blanket. It's just too much fun. But uh, well, I think, reality, you know, there is that reality that sometimes people are going to choose to state where they stand. And yeah, in that case, in that position, you have to be prepared for blowback and, 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 and hopefully not lose who you are in the process. And how it will define you. Right? Yeah. If that's how you want to be defined, then go ahead. I found it confining, you know, and I think there, there is some political stuff for me to say because of my latest book, but it became the only thing I was doing, you know, um, I, on my Twitter account, it was 80% political people that I was following and all the hate speak and all the threads can wear you down. I, I unfollowed all those political people or the majority of the political people and went more for writers and for that because I wanted to have a different Twitter experience. Part of your social media presence will be what experience do you want to have? There are some people who say, I want to be political, right? Then know that that's how you're going to be perceived and I know that you are defining your audience, whether that means limiting your audience, whether that means you only want to sell to alt-right or you only want to sell to liber liberals, that's a choice, but know that you're making that choice. Right. Um, I'm not I, sure that we're people to know that right away. Well, again, I'm, I'm going to say, uh, and I had it pulled up here and then all of a sudden it disappeared on me. Uh, James Clear is um, a gentleman who does a lot of writing about uh, ha identifying your habits, pro or con, and if you need to change them, some of the things that you can do to affect that. And he wrote a piece recently that's on his website. Um, the piece is called Why Facts Don't Change Our Minds. And I'm not going to even begin to go into the whole piece. But one of the things he points out, he says, is that um, it says, why false ideas persist. And I'm going to use the word false. I mean, that's what the title is of, his, of, of this particular section. Of mm -hmm. it. He says, why, why false ideas persist. And he talks about the law of reoccurrence, recurrence. You know, if we constantly talk about a negative thing, 
an ugly thing, uh, a lie, whatever. If we constantly talk about it, we constantly keep bringing it back to life as we fight against it, we keep rejuvenating it. Right. So I, I can understand. I think like when you were working on Simple Rebellion, the storyline, the very thing that inspired you to do the book, yeah. drew you as the writer to exactly the people you were talking about. Oh, yeah. All right. That was it. You, you immersed yourself in, in the various news broadcasts, in the newspapers, in the commentary between in other politics, right? In, in hate speak right. as well as love speak. Right. Oh yeah. And while you and, were doing that, I was taking showers just talking to you because yeah. I think God, how does he do it? Because I, I personally, I personally don't want to, as I like to put it, suckle on the bile. You know, right. I, I just, I can't. I think oh. it poisons you as much as you're trying to rail, I don't mean you specifically, but us, as much as we're trying to rail against it or, or battle against it, I think, and I think we do need to battle against it, don't get me wrong, but I think we need to be careful about how much of that stuff we take in. That's true. I think it's how much we respond to that kind of stuff, because a lot of it, as you said um, earlier in this broadcast, and you've also said in a couple of others, is a, a lot of times the trolls, you know, mm -hmm. their whole job is to goad you. That's all they want, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's I, a mess with you, and not for fun. I will quote you back to you, um, and then I want to talk about three uh, book projects very quickly. I'm also going to have to say in a little while, we're going to have to say a and do part three of this. Of this yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, a, it's a big, you know. So um, when I was doing my first novel, City of Woe, um, we had been writing back and forth and we had done some stuff. We did some Raise Against Time together and all that and some Blackjack stuff together. Leap of Faith was written before my first novel, which is in Shooters. Um, I was, you know, the idea of the city series, City of Woe, City of Pain, and the upcoming City of Love was to uh, have a, mo uh, a modern divine comedy. Right, Dante's Divine Comedy was a three-part poem in which his hero, also named Dante, had to walk through hell, climb up Mount Purgatory, and then ascend through the levels of heaven. Uh, Inferno, Purgatorio, Paradiso. So City of Woe was, you know, our, my take on modernizing um, Purgatorio. And there was a darkness that I uh, uh, kind of wrote about and, and kept in because the antagonist starts as one thing and kind of evolves into a much darker thing. Um, and it was freaking me out for a while. You know, there, uh, uh, the d demonic or possible supernatural aspects were literally haunting me and things were going on in the house that show up in that book uh, that were really freaking out. And I remember talking to you about it and you explained to me that what you write about, what you go to is also attracted to you. Mm. And I remember that being a very uh, important moment in uh, me finding my way pa uh, back out of that book 
and between your advice there and Roger Ross, a good friend of mine, uh, his spiritual, like literally pulled me into another spiritual direction to, to get me out of the darkness. Um, I learned a lot. And then, you know, years later when I was doing a simple rebellion, which was looking at Fox News, looking at MSNBC, looking at CNN and saying, oh, my God, this country is so split. If it keeps going this way, where will we end up? And then in my imagination, going there and writing that in kind of a just slightly futuristic, you know, in, in the near future, dystopian America. Um, I was feeding off a lot of the 24-hour news cycle. And I'm here to tell you that, like you said, what you go to is attracted to you, you know? Uh, you look into the abyss, the abyss looks into you. And I think one of the symptoms of our divisiveness is people choosing one channel and watching a lot of it and oh, getting yeah. all their information from there. And it becomes like George Orwell, Newspeak. This is what you believe. Ladies and gentlemen, this is political or, you know, whatever else you want to add to that title, but it's, a, it's an addiction. Yeah. You know, and it, and like it's also or anything else. It's, and it's a bit of brainwashing on, on depend, it, and no matter what channel you're watching, they're feeding you an angle of the news. And you have to be really aware of it. And I think the healthiest thing to do is to minimize your exposure to it. Get the news you ha want. Go read a little bit, watch a little bit, and make up your own mind but not get sucked in and become a zombie to it, you know? And a simple rebellion is what happens if we don't do that? What if we continue our zombie ways? Because as you see now, some of the stuff that's happening now would have, been, would have ended presidencies back in the early 70s. Yep. You know? Even the 80s. Uh, and let's talk about uh, Bob Woodward. Him and Carl Bernstein broke the Watergate story and wrote and Woodward wrote all the president's men with him um, about the, you know, the end of a presidency. And then since then, he has written about every president, Republican or Democrat, and has always had the kind of facts and research and named sources and tape recorded interviews that he had back then. He was dead. The he and Bernstein were dead solid, perfect, rock solid on their information. And that's good reason why Nixon fell. And he has been like that in, I think there's 19 books. But America has changed. So now you have, now you have a, a, a power structure and a news service that can dismiss him as a liar ignoring the previous 18 books, ignoring the two Pulitzers, and ignoring the fact that his work and the irrefutable nature of his work took down a president. Let me, we let me really have to figure out let me, let me what do, we believe we, in. Yeah, we, 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 we have become a political conversation here, but let me just do this. Yeah, we have. <laughs> let me reach back, you know, since you... you your comment earlier was that I uh, 
my references were dated. Let me go back even further to Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Sure. It's a 1940s movie with Jimmy Stewart. Uh, and the plot of that, very simply put, was a good man, quote unquote, average American man growing up in a small town in the Midwest, simply wants a plot of land near him to build a boys camp so that boys of any race, creed, or color can go there and learn to be good, decent people and have a good time and grow into good Americans. That's the mm -hmm. basic plot. But this particular conglomerate or power structure in this particular story, news media, people who own the newspapers at a huge mogul, wanted the land for something else and proceeded to do everything possible to squash him, including using the power of their press throughout the nation mm -hmm. to besmirch him. So ultimately, I say unto all, this is not new. This no, it's tactic not. is not new. And it has been spoken of before. And if you want to look at it now and say, oh, well, it's these kind of people who are saying that now. Sorry, you can go back to the 1940s and see that there are writers, filmmakers, artists who are telling the same story using the media that existed then. It's only more powerful now mm -hmm. because it's global. It's connected on so many levels and platforms, but it's the same story. And so we have the same responsibilities as storytellers, as creators. But we also have to be just clear that the human story doesn't seem to really change. There are always going to be certain types of folks doing what they do, and there's always going to be the opposite type that will either do the dance with them or rail against them. And yeah. I think that's probably pretty much where we are. And, and again, yes. This, this, this episode went in numerous directions, but we keep coming back to the same thing. Be aware of who you are, what it is you're trying to say with your stories. Please tell the best story you possibly can. And then if you are an independent creative, go out there, go out there and relate to your fan base, your community, your tribe, whatever you want to call it, as honestly as you can and build that and be clear about the image of yourself that you are promoting, that you are presenting, and then tell the best damn story you can. And on that note, <laughs> I will say adios, Chris, for now. I've got to run. All right. <laughs> and I know you got a Saturday ahead of you too, so the best to you and the fam, and folks, the best to you. And please, we did leave you twice uh, our email address, but we'll leave it again. Leave it again. It's TTDS, tell the damn story, TTDS, on air, all one word, at gmail.com. You can uh, write in and tell us what you think. Carla, thank you very much for doing that. And then if you don't want to write in through email, there are comment sections on the, on our WordPress uh, site and on some of the other sites where you're, you're catching this episode. So by all means, uh, let's hear from you, and we are looking forward to that. Take care, Chris. Peace. You got it. Bye, everybody. Later.